0: Welcome to Foxcast SLP, a podcast for clinicians. All right, Shannon's back on the show. Clinicians. Shannon, welcome back. It's Thank brought you. to you by Fox Hi, Rehabilitation. Jimmy. Hello, I'm. Find uh, out uh, more I'm doing at well. Fox Fox you rehab. Don't, you didn't ask, but I'm. I'm just saying. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thanks for letting me know. Um, yeah, I'm doing well today.
0: Just for the audience, Shannon, you are an SLP with Fox in the Philadelphia area, and uh, I don't know if the audience can hear a little bit, but you're broadcasting live uh, from your car right now. As we yes. get through, as Fox clinicians who work in the homes of older adults, which is kind of cool. i I didn't realize this when we started these podcasts, but a lot of our episodes are recorded with our clinicians and their laptop or their phone on their their steering wheel. And I think that's a great visual. I want to put that in the audience's head because, like that's a cool part about what we as Fox clinicians, get to do. You're in and out of your car because you're going to the older adults' home. that's that's got to be pretty fun,
1: yeah, that's right. Yeah. I saw three patients this morning. and, I'm on my way to see another one, so I'm just sort of pulled over (laughs) for the interview, and then I'll go in to see someone.
0: I will say that, yes. Shannon is not driving. Uh, I need to say, <laughs> resources was already emailing me, I bet, as soon as they heard that. No, she's not driving. She's pulled over. But uh, mm-hmm. you return to the uh, the Fox website, this time uh, penning another article for us. This one titled, uh, Supporting Patients with Age-Related Hearing Loss. And I want to start by reading the first paragraph because I think it's it, it sets the tone for um, almost like a, a situation, it puts the audience in a good frame of mind. So I'll start. You walk up to your patient's door and knock. You pause, waiting to hear the familiar scrape of a roller walking against a tiled floor, the creak of a turning wheels, the satisfying lock of brakes as your patient remembers the safety precautions you covered just days ago. You wait for a beat or two. You knock again, glancing down at your watch. It's six minutes after 11. You knock again louder and call out, hey, George, can you come to the door? But inside, you have a sinking feeling. George just can't hear you." I think that's a great setup because I think a lot of PTs, OTs, SLPs working with older adults in their homes, like this has happened, like this situation has happened to you clearly because you, you wrote it so eloquently. And I think people can uh, can really put themselves in, in that situation. So really your article was to talk about presbycusis. Did I do that right?
1: You did it right.
0: All right. Which is age-related hearing loss. And you add in, as as we now on our N95s, our face coverings, our face shields, patients with hearing loss may have further difficulty figuring out what our verbal instructions are. It's really imperative, you go on to say, to consider the most practical, advantageous supports for this patient population to deliver a productive therapy session. A lot of our communication skills are based on reading lips whether we knew it or not, and I think this last year has really shown us how important reading lips and reading facial expressions and reading tone can really be. And when you put something as simple as that N95 in front, you can run into some issues. So let's frame it, defining age-related hearing loss. That's where you went first in your article. So talk to us about, again, presbycusis.
1: Presbycusis. So that is a bilateral sensory neural hearing loss. So it occurs gradually due to aging and repeated exposure to sound. So exposure to sound can mean traffic or music or construction, anything like that. You could also consider what your patient did for a living before they retired as an idea for why they might have presbycusis. This is a very common diagnosis. It actually occurs in about one in three people between the ages of 65 to 74 years, and even half of people 75 years and older, which is most of the population that we work with with Fox. So this is a frequent occurrence.
0: I love that you use those two statistics there, one in three people from 65 to 74, and nearly half of individuals 75 and and older. This is something we need to take into consideration. So those are good things to maybe think about on a subjective exam when you start working with an older adult.
1: Absolutely. And just to define a little further, the sensory neural hearing loss, that means that there's a gradual loss of inner ear sensory receptors, the cilia or the little hair-like structures inside of our ear. Um, We lose that cilia typically in both ears, and it could be anywhere from a mild hearing loss that might be harder to detect to a severe hearing loss where the patient will be unable to hear you the majority of the time
0: we as clinicians, how do we identify hearing loss and optimally support our patients with this diagnosis? Or I would say, if they don't have that diagnosis, because I bet you a lot of times, as you mentioned in those statistics a moment ago, some of those those older adults might be dealing with presbycusis, but maybe they don't have that official diagnosis. And it's PTs, OTs, SLPs. What should we be looking for?
1: Absolutely. So... When I'm working with a patient, what I'm looking for, if I'm suspecting that there's a hearing loss, other than, of course, them asking for repeated clarification of what I'm saying is, do they have difficulty hearing a female voice more so than a male's voice? Because that's telling me that they're having trouble hearing those higher-pitched sounds. Or do they have trouble when I'm saying high-pitched phonemes such as S or Z Um, or H. Those higher pitched phonemes can be harder to hear. So uh, the example I say in the article is if you were to say, let's sit, that might be harder for your patient to hear than if you said grab a chair. Um, So they can also um, complain of maybe uh, difficulty with hearing that people are mumbled or slurred. And of course, that's even worse when we're wearing our masks and everything already sounds muffled. Um, but that can be a factor to consider. And there are some sounds that could even sound annoying to someone with presbycusis um, because of the shortened dynamic range and their hypersensitivity to loud noises.
0: Some other complaints that you might be on the alert for could also include tinnitus, which is that ringing in the ear, as well as increased difficulty distinguishing messages with background noise present. I didn't even think about in terms of male versus female voices that was one thing that jumped out at me i, I just had I, I hadn't thought of that
1: yeah absolutely there's definitely a difference
0: all right so let's move on in the article the, the next real big topic you tackled was supportive gestures for patients with age related hearing loss as mm-hmm. PTs, ots slps being aware of that reduced hearing is important but now we want to get into what are we going to do about it what can we be doing about it to make things a little bit easier
1: So first and foremost, I would definitely refer to an audiologist. The audiologist can determine the presence, the type, the severity of that hearing loss, and provide some hearing aid options. And there are many hearing aid options out there. There are behind the ear, in the ear, there are ones that are larger and more visible and easy to see, and there are smaller ones that can be more subtle. Um, There are even hearing aids that can attach to your eyeglasses. Um, So audiologists are such a great resource um, and definitely the first referral that you want to make. Um, I could also refer to an ENT or suggest that the audiologist might refer to an ENT, especially if I think there might be something else going on. I'd also try to learn just simple hearing aid management strategies. As an SLP, I think we might be a little more familiar with this, but OTs and PTs as well can familiarize themselves with how to charge hearing aids or check for battery being low or checking how to replace a battery. Also talking to your patient about where to store a hearing aid. Strategic locations might be right on their bedside table or a clearly marked spot in their kitchen. Something that would be easy for them to remember. I also like to provide additional amplification if I can. There is something called a pocket talker. That's a personal sound amplifier um, that you can buy on Amazon. Or if you're working in an SLC, you could advocate with your RD to try to get one through Fox as well. And this device reduces background noise and has individual volume and tone controls. Um, So you can use that when you're working with an individual one-on-one so that they can hear you better. And sometimes you can also suggest some assistive listening devices. So these are also called ALDs and they can reduce the impact of presbycusis during activities of daily living. So you might think about a captioned corded telephone to improve phone communication. Or you might suggest a doorbell with flashing strobe lights to add a visual um, and to compensate for the lack of auditory input from the doorbell. Thinking back to that initial encounter at the beginning of the article and the example with George.
0: Example. Yeah, a couple of those suggestions so far. Number one, knowing who who are the people in the neighborhood who are going to be great. And you mentioned that great referral resource to an audiologist or an ENT. Learning the tools, PTs, OTs, SLPs, working with older adults, you get good at figuring out DME and things like hearing aids because a lot of times you are the only person on scene and you have to kind of become a MacGyver. As well as, I didn't realize that that Pocket Talker, that sounds like a great resource. You also included a link in there at the article uh, at foxrehab.org under Fresh Fox Content, as well as uh, this suggests the assisted living devices, links to those as well. Finally, you suggest visual supports. Talk about that. Mm-hmm.
1: So visual supports are great. If you have a planned activity that you're going to use with your patient, Um, You can preemptively take pictures of whatever it is you're going to address or make signs or make some sort of sequencing visual aid that could be helpful. I also always, always, always now bring in a whiteboard no matter what. Even if I'm seeing a patient that I think can hear me and we don't have typical uh, breakdowns in communication, I just bring it in anyway because it's lightweight and with the mask and the face shield. It's common. It's so common now that there is a communication breakdown. Just why not? You could get it at the dollar store. (laughs) It's super easy to use. So definitely a whiteboard. Definitely visuals, um, print pictures. Any of those supports can be helpful. Step by step instructions.
0: Who doesn't love a good whiteboard? I mean, you just. I love whiteboards. (laughs) That article can be found at foxrehab.org under Fresh Fox Content. And we've real, we, we realize that hearing loss is often a factor with many of our older adult patients, but it shouldn't prevent us from having a productive therapy session. And these were some great tips that we go further into depth in that article uh, from Shannon. So thanks so much for for sharing this. Hey, before we let you go, we've had your show before. You've done your foxtail. Tell us a story of, of the last year that really made you smile and glad to be an SLP working with older adults through this tough time. Is there a moment that you said, man, yeah, I'm... I I feel essential. I was glad I was here for this particular person.
1: Okay, that's a good question. What has been particularly challenging during this past year is making sure that your patients still have a means to communicate with their loved ones. And when we're working with the elderly population, it's fairly common that they might not be as familiar with how to use technology like FaceTime or using a tablet to video call someone Um, Just recently, this past week, I was working with a patient who, he had a flip cell phone, but recently he had a visual um, impairment that worsened, and so he wasn't able to call his wife on his phone. Uh, And so if you go into, I I went into accessibility settings, and I changed it so that each button is read out loud when you scan over it, and now he's able to call his wife and he was he was just so ecstatic about that because wow. He can't get to physically see her right now um due to the pandemic so just little things like that the fact that we're slps and we're constantly working on communication and now it's it's even more important now
0: that's a great example, right? So that's something so little, but meant so much. I mean, and that goes back to some of your examples. You talked about being able to navigate hearing aids, being able to navigate other communication devices, like these little cell phones that are you know, usually never further than arm's reach, but knowing how to navigate to those settings Definite important resource. I don't know navigating those settings on different phones. That might be another article that Shannon's going to write for us. <laughs> you might have just talked to the chat. thank uh, you for
1: the suggestion.
0: No, because those things. Number one, they're important. They change. They can be frustrating for older adults. You as a clinician, hey, if you're the if you're the right person at the right time to notice that, you don't want to just notice that. You want you want to help solve that problem. So I think that's a really good that's a great story for your foxtail today. Well done. Thank you, Jimmy. Excellent. Well, hey, thanks so much for stopping by and thanks for writing for us. Thanks for listening to FoxCast SLP. It's brought to you by Fox Rehabilitation. Fox clinicians work hard, love their work, and get the respect they deserve. Sound good? Then you'll love the autonomy to work in your own style and the support you get to achieve excellence. Plus... Freedom and flexibility to have a personal life. Whether it's your first day or you've been around for a while, your contribution is acknowledged and rewarded. That's what makes Fox a success. Happy, well-trained clinicians make great health care. Are you a fit for Fox? Find out now at foxrehab.org.